Coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. You're driving down the street, someone swerves into your lane, you swerve out, that's good fear. It comes, it goes, and it protects you. Bad fear is chronic and debilitating. It's just this chronic fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. No human being is ever born with fear. It is an added extra that Satan puts there to control us. Fear is a controlling spirit by the devil to keep us off our promised land. About 1999, Karen's parents took our entire family to Africa. And so we had two guides in South Africa. That was the first place we went. Our guides were named Blessed and Solomon. (laughs) Makes you feel better. And so Blessed and Solomon and all of our guides, they just, they taught us about lions. And and I would say to Blessed and Solomon, and I would say, are you afraid of lions? They said, no. They said, we respect them. But we don't fear them because we understand how they function. We understand. And as long as you respect their nature, you can be safe. I want to teach you what they taught us about lions and how you can live your life safely and never be devoured by the devil, but to overcome him. I want to teach you how you can do that because that's what they taught us. Number one, lions are nocturnal. If you're going to, if you're going to be safe in lion country, one of the first things you learn is you're safe in the day, you're not safe at night. And so we, in the daytime, in our camp, as an example of this, there were warthogs and monkeys and all kinds of critters like that. But the bad animals were not in our camp during the day. We had to go find the bad animals. And when you find lions in the day, they're typically sleeping. There are a lot of times they're just on their back and they're sleeping. They sleep for like 20 hours a day. At night, they are very, 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 very active. We would go out at night and we were in a truck, and they would use our truck as stealth to hunt Cape Buffalo and other things like that. So they're very active. So when we got to the camps, uh, the first thing you do when you get to these game camps is you have to sign a waiver that says, if I'm killed, I won't hold you responsible. (laughs) And we call that vacation. (laughs) So we get to this first camp in South Africa, and I mean, the first thing you do is they take you in this room, and you have to sign this waiver. So we signed this waiver at maybe 10 or 11 in the morning. So we went out all afternoon uh, into the early evening into the bush. It was, it was absolutely fascinating. Saw lions, saw all the big five. It was a fascinating day. So we came back from the first day, and we stayed in bungalows that were not connected. The, the main lodge and dining hall were over here, and then all of our bungalows were scattered out, and they didn't have telephones, so you couldn't call each other. So when we came back from, from being out that day, they took all of us to our bungalows and they said, don't, don't come out of your bungalow, okay? Because the wild animals come into the camp at night, okay? So don't come out of there. We'll come get you for dinner. An armed guard needs to come get you for dinner. Don't leave this bungalow. And they said, we'll be back in about 45 minutes. Look great. So we went in and we got ready for dinner, showered and got ready for dinner, but no one ever came to get us. And I was hungry. And uh, so I said... We'd waited for like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And I said to Karen, I said, you know, Karen, I don't don't know if anybody's coming to get us. So I went over to the front door and opened the front door and stepped out on the porch. And I could see the lights to the dining hall. And I turned around and said, Karen, I can see the lights to the dining hall. She said, close the door, Jimmy. (laughs) 
They told us there's wild animals out there. Close the door. And I said, I don't see anything out here, Karen, but I can see. I guarantee we can make it down there. I can see the light. <laughs> she said, close the door. Close the door right now. So I closed the door, and I went over and sat down. Fifteen more minutes, nobody came. I went over and opened the door again. Stepped out on the porch, looked all over. And I said, Karen, I, I can see people down there going to eat. I guarantee you they're walking, and we can make it down there. She said, close the door, Jimmy. Close it right now. So I closed the door, and I was just real frustrated, and I went and sat down. Another 15 or 20 minutes, there was a knock on the door. So I opened the door, and it was the guard, armed guard. And so we opened the door, and he said, I am so sorry I'm late. I couldn't come up here because you had a leopard by your front door. I said, that wouldn't be that front door I've been standing next to for 30 minutes, would it? When I stepped out on the porch, the leopard was probably looking at me going, eh, let's don't kill him, it's his first day. <laughs> anyway, stupid people don't taste good. There's a leopard by our front door. So lesson one for Jimmy was, it's dangerous at night. Darkness is the devil's domain. You're safe in the light. You're in danger in darkness. You can't cast the devil off of his own property. And sin is his rightful property. That is his domain. Ephesians 5, you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So the number one thing you learn about lions is they're nocturnal. Stay out of the darkness, and you'll be safe. Stay in the light. And I'm saying that to us spiritually. Stay in the light. We all make mistakes make short accounts with God and get back into the light because the devil wants to lure you in darkness. Number two, lions are paravisual. Now, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. And paravisual is my word. I don't know how to say what I'm saying, but paravisual is my word. So we're in a truck. They put us in a Range Rover truck, no ceiling, no doors, little half doors on the side here. There are like eight of us in the truck. And you go out among the animals, and the lions are all over your truck. I mean, they're all around your truck. And they don't see you. It's freaky. And I said to Solomon one day, I said, why don't they kill us? He said, well, they don't see the way you see. They, they don't see you as an individual. They just see this big truck, and we're too big to kill. We don't smell good, and we don't take their food. So they just really don't care about us. He said, so, so we're, we're harmless. They're not going to hurt you. They said, if you step out of the truck, they'll kill you. So I did not step out of the truck. <laughs> I'm not a fast learner, but I did. I learned my, life, my lesson the night before. So we had, we sat one day in a, among a pride of lions uh, eating a Cape buffalo. And there were probably 15 to 20 lions all over our truck, all around our truck. And they just, they don't see you. But uh, Blessed told me one day about uh, a Japanese, they had a, a bunch of Japanese tourists that came in. And one of the dangers of being among the animals is you kind of forget how dangerous they are because they, they don't hurt you because you're in the truck. Well, this Japanese man stepped outside of the truck to get a picture, and the lions killed him and ate him in front of his family. And Blessed said, if you show them an individual profile, they'll kill you. This is the truck. 
Christian fellowship is a truck. I want to read you a scripture, and maybe you've never seen this the way that it's written. But here's what Jesus said. Again, I say to you that if two of you grant on earth concerning anything that they would ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Listen to me, listen to me. So two or three being gathered together in your name, what this means is committed Christian fellowship. It means we, we, we are friends because of Jesus. I don't want ungodly friends. I'll, I'll befriend anybody, but my close friends are all Christians. Okay. So it means two means a husband and wife, two or three means your friends, your family, whatever, but Christians, that we are friends because of Jesus and we are committed to doing the will of Jesus. So I have committed, accountable relationships. I'm not a lone ranger. I'm not, I'm not off here by myself. Okay, so listen to me. Did you know, let's just say that you're together with two Christian friends and you're hanging out, you're just having a good time, but, but you hold each other accountable and you're, you're doing the right thing because you're living for Jesus. And let's just say the devil's having a really evil day and he wants to devour you and he comes up. And let's just say that you and your friends are kind of small. You're kind of little and you don't lift weights. Let's just say that you're just, you're just not bad people. You're just, you know, you're just sweet people and you're not a threat to anybody. And so the devil says, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for somebody to devour and he comes up to you and your little sweet friends, and he says, I think I've just met somebody that I can devour. But there's a problem. We don't see Jesus, but he does. The devil is in the spirit realm. So is Jesus. When Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, there in my, uh, the, uh, gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst, the devil never would attack Jesus because he knows he's already been defeated by Jesus. Even though we can't, Jesus is here right now, right? Okay, the devil never attacks a crowd. So when we're in the truck, we were sitting in the truck, we're too big to kill. Okay, and, and all the lions know that, so they don't attack us. Understand this, when we're with Jesus in a group of two or three believers committed to the purposes of Christ, he sees Jesus in the midst and we're too big to kill. You're safe in Christian fellowship, but when you get off by yourself, the devil loves the lone sheep. He's trying to provoke you. The, the lions actually, this is, this is the freakiest thing you've ever seen. They used our truck as stealth at night. We would be going down a road, and they would see a pack of Cape Buffalo over here, and we would have like 15 lions. I had, I had big lions right next to me. Using our truck to sneak up on a herd of Cape Buffalo. Well, Cape, Cape Buffalo are huge animals. And so what they would do is they spooked the herd, hoping for one little one or one weak one to calve off, and they killed that one. They never attack the herd. They attack the ones that are away from the herd. And I'm saying to you, you need to stay in committed Christian fellowship. Amen. If your friends are not godly, you need to find new friends. And I'm not saying reject your friends. Here's what you say to ungodly friends. I'm serving Jesus. You want to come with me? Amen. And if they do, great. And if they don't, you go find new friends. Because you, your friends need to be Christians. And we all in this evil world that we live in today, we need commit, uh, committed Christian relationships. Number three, lions are territorial. So everything in the wild is about territory. Everything in the wild is about uh, an animal wanting your territory. So we, they would tell us, we took uh, nature walks every day. And um, so Blessed and Solomon one day said to us, they said, you guys want to go on a nature walk? And we said, oh, is it safe? And they said, well, it's safe if you're with us. And they had these big hairy guns and that was great. And in South Africa, we had gone on three or four or five nature walks with Blessed and Solomon, and it was all great. 
So we went on this, we went on this nature walk in Botswana, and this guide came up to us, and he said, hey, you guys want to go on a walk? We said, sure. And so it was Karen and me and Karen's dad and another couple. And so there were five of us plus the guide. So we got about a mile from camp, and um, I noticed that the guide didn't have a gun. And I said, uh, hey, where's your gun? He said, we don't need a gun. I said, we actually need a gun. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, we need a gun. I said, this is what I said. I said, this is lion country. We need a gun. Where's your gun? He said, no, we don't, we don't need a gun. The, the animals are afraid of us. They see us as super predators because we walk on two legs. He said, just don't run. If we see lions, if we see something, just, just don't run. And I mean, I'm, I was freaking out. I just got to admit, I was just freaking out, completely freaking out because I was just thinking, we are in lion country with a crazy guide. <laughs> this guy doesn't know that he needs a gun. So I, it, it was just freaking me out. Now, by the way, Genesis 9-2 says God put the fear of man on the animals. My neighbor's dog doesn't know that, but all the animals do. Others do. <laughs> so God put the fear of man. So this, so this guy says to us, no, these animals fear us. Just don't run. So we walk, we're walking down this dirt road, and we're walking down this dirt road, and this bull elephant is approaching us, Okay. He's a bachelor bull, which means he's been rooted out of the elephant herd by younger bulls. He's in a bad mood. He's also in musk. There is a hormone coming out of his forehead, which means he's in a triple bad mood. Okay. And he sees us. And when he sees us, he starts wagging his head and screaming and rushes us. Okay. So, when, when he, so he's coming at us as fast as he can, screaming and all that stuff. So the guide turns to us and says, don't run. I thought, well, I'm not running. I'm going to offer you up as an offering, sin offering to the elephant gods here in about two seconds. Jerk, don't bring a gun to lion in bad mood elephant country. You know, who do you think you are? So, I mean, seriously, we make a single file line behind this guide and this elephant rushes us. I, I promise, here's what happened. This guide, this elephant is screaming, rushing at us, and the guide goes... And the elephant stopped. <laughs> and here he came again. Starts all the screaming and throwing his head. Here he comes again. The guy, <laughs> like that. Elephant walks off. I said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, I need to go back to camp and change my clothes. I'll tell you what. It, oh, my gosh, it was terrifying. So, so let me say this. The purpose of a lion's roar is to intimidate you so that you'll run away from the territory. They do a territorial display. That's what the bull elephant was doing, which I didn't know about. And see, if you run, they'll kill you because that, that lets them know that you fear and you're not going to stand your ground. So here's 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has not given, listen to me, listen to me. The roaring lion is the spirit of fear. We have good fear. Good fear is temporary and protective and circumstantial. You're driving down the street, someone swerves into your lane, you swerve out, that's good fear. It comes, it goes, and it protects you. Bad fear is chronic and debilitating. 
It's just this chronic fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. No human being is ever born with fear. It is an added extra that Satan puts there to control us. Fear is a controlling spirit by the devil to keep us off our promised land. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. So when I, when I got saved, a week before Karen and I got married, the week after we got married, um, I'd been a Christian for two weeks, and I was sitting in the backyard reading a book. I don't remember what the book was, but I think it was a book by Billy Graham, and a sheet dropped down in front of my face, and I could see myself preaching to a multitude of people. That was when God called me to preach. And uh, from that mo moment on, I, desired to, I had a great desire to preach. And right after that, hours or a few days after that, a terrifying fear came over me about speaking in front of people. Terrifying. Now, I was the class clown. I was, I had, I'd never had an insecure moment in my life. I was a class clown, never had fear about anything. But now that God called me to preach, I had a terrifying fear of speaking in front of people. So I, I went to work for my dad and worked for him until I was 28. And then one day, the pastor of our church, I never told anybody I could, I could preach because I was afraid of it. I wanted it, but I was afraid of it. So the pastor of our church came up and said, hey, I want you to come on staff as a marriage and pre-marriage counselor. And I said, I can't do that. And he said, well, everybody comes to you guys for marriage counseling, do it up here. So I quit our family business, went to work for the church, did that for 10 months. Then the pastor went to Florida, Larry Titus, great, great guy, went to Florida. And the elder said to me, would you fill the pulpit until we can figure out what to do for a preacher? And I said, yes. And then I thought, Jimmy, why did you say yes? And I mean, I couldn't sleep for a week. I mean, it was terrifying. It was just one of the most terrifying things in my life. But a lot of people think that it came natural to me. Oh, no, not at all. I prepared a sermon. I don't remember anything about it because I was on the verge of blacking out the whole time I was preaching. <laughs> I got up and yelled for 30 minutes and went home and went to bed. I just, I don't remember anything. It was terrifying, terrifying. So I did it the second week, terrified again. Third week, terrified again. Fourth week, terrified again. And after about a month, they said, would you be our pastor? And on the one hand, that was my desire. That was my passion. On the other side, I was just terrified. So I preached the next week, terrified. Next week, terrified. And the problem is the church kept growing. Just when I would kind of get used to this size, it went to 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. And about the time I got used to that, radio stations called and TV stations called and radio networks called, then TV networks called. And then I spoke in churches and conferences and larger churches and larger conferences and larger churches and larger conferences and bigger networks and bigger TV stations. And then one day, Joel Osteen called me. He said, would you come preach for me in Houston? I said, yeah. And I went down there, and they run 40,000 on the weekends. His, his church was a basketball arena. It's a massive arena. So on Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. a couple of years ago, I got up to preach, and there were 12,000 people present. And I remember getting up and preaching, and it was just fun. It was just exciting and fun. I was completely calm, and I preached to 12,000 people. And I got finished, and I got in the car, and uh, Karen and I were on our way back to our hotel room, and Lisa Combs is Joel's sister. She's a friend of mine. So Lisa sent me a picture of me preaching, and she said, hey, Jimmy, just wanted you to see this picture from the 11 o'clock service this morning. So Karen and I are in the car, and I open my phone, pull up this picture. It's a picture of me from behind preaching at Lakewood. It's the picture that Lord showed me at 19 years old. I never knew it was a literal place. 
But the day that the Lord called me to ministry, a roaring lion showed up. This is my promised land, y'all. This is where I was called to be. I love to preach. I love to minister. The bigger the crowd, the better I like it today. But when I started out, I was terrified. And I didn't know that the fear I was experiencing was the devil. I just thought it was me. And I used to think, God, why would you call someone so fearful of speaking in public to preach? You, you, you need to do better. Go find somebody that doesn't mind it. I'm terrified of it. Why'd you pick me? And one day after about 10 years of preaching, I was reading and I saw 2 Timothy 1.7. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. And I thought, wait, wait, wait. I've sure got a lot of fear. And the Lord said, not from me, you don't. And it's the first time I realized fear was not my emotion. It was a demonic spirit trying to keep me from my promised land. And I stopped dealing with fear as my weakness and my emotion, and I began to understand it was a separate entity for me, and I began to take authority over it. And before I would get up and speak, this terror would come over me, this fear would come over me, and you're going to fail, you're going to get up, and you're going to drool, you're going to get up, and you're going to accidentally cuss, you're going to get up, <laughs> and you're, everybody's going to walk out mad. You're going to embarrass you. I mean, he would. He would just say all kinds of stuff like that. Just intimidation, intimidation like that. And here's what I began to do that I didn't know how to do before. I bind you spirit of fear in the name of Jesus and every lie you're telling me. You, you are a demon spirit. For, and you're on my territory, by the way. You're standing on my promised land. And not only am I not going to give you the land, I'm taking it back from you. That's my land. That's my promised land. I love teaching people how to overcome because we are overcomers. The Bible tells us that we're more than overcomers in Christ and that Jesus overcame the devil on the cross. He defeated him. He disarmed him. And he has now given us authority over the devil in every area of our lives. But see, the problem with this is only a third of Christians believe in the devil. You know, Jesus talked constantly about the devil. The Bible talks about the devil from Genesis 3 to Revelation chapter 20. And so Old Testament and New Testament, in the words of Jesus themselves, the devil is real, he hates us, and he attacks us. But the way that he is so successful, what he does is stealth. It would be so much easier if the devil would just show up physically and, you know, tell us he wants to destroy us. And we say, no, you can't. I mean, because we would. If we knew it were the devil, we wouldn't allow what we allow. But what makes him dangerous is stealth. In the Garden of Eden, he took the form of a serpent because serpents don't want to be seen. Serpents are stealthy. You don't know they're there and all of a sudden you get bit. That's what he wants. He wants to slither in our lives do his damage, slither out, and we're devastated and don't even know what just happened. We can overcome the devil on every single front, but we have to believe in him, not fear him, not, not focus on him. We focus on God and we fear God. But we don't have to fear him because we have been given authority over him, but the damage that the devil does is in people's lives that don't believe in him or they don't know how he operates. So the purpose of this teaching today is to help you to understand you can overcome. 
you can live a life of freedom and fullness and you can overcome the devil. By the way, this teaching today is a part of a fuller series of teachings called Exposing the Enemy and five different messages on specifically how to overcome the devil and what he tries to do for your gift right now of helping us here at the Overcoming Life to come back to you and go around the world helping people to overcome and to live the life God wants them to live. We want to give you the Exposing Satan message. It's one of the messages in the series. The video download, you can be watching it here in just a few minutes for your gift of any amount. For your gift of $55 or more, we want to get you the Exposing the Enemy series, the entire series on CD or the audio download. You might just want to download it and listen to it, begin listening to it today. All five messages. Plus, we want to give you the book, When Life Hurts. For $55, you get both. The entire CD series plus When Life Hurts. For your gift of $85 or more, we want to get you the Exposing the Enemy DVD set or the video download. You can have the physical or the video download. Again, you can be watching here in just a few minutes. Then all five messages. And by the way, what you saw today is just a part of that message. The entire message is on the DVD or video download. Plus, for $85, we want to give you the When Life Hurts book. My book, When Life Hurts, is just helping you to deal with issues in your past that maybe you've had a difficult time dealing with and resolving those and overcoming, living the life that God wants you to live. I hope this program today has been an encouragement to you, and I just want to say one more time, God has made you to overcome. You can overcome any circumstance in your life. By the power of God, you certainly can overcome the enemy. I want you to get these resources today. Here's how you can do it. This is the sword of the Spirit. It's living. It's active. You read other books, the Bible reads you, and it says no creature can hide from its sight because when the Bible comes in you, it's going to find every demon in hell that's trying to destroy your life, and it's going to defeat the devil. In the Exposing the Enemy series, Jimmy Evans will unveil the devil's nature so you can easily recognize how he works. Support the overcoming life with your online gift of any amount, and we'll send you the Exposing Satan session as a video download. He's stealthy, he's slithery, he's a liar, but we have authority over him and we need to use it. Receive the complete Exposing the Enemy series on CD or digital download in Jimmy Evans' book, When Life Hurts, for your gift of $55 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete Exposing the Enemy series on DVD or digital download. God has equipped you with everything you need to be victorious and accomplish His purpose for your life. Well, I've got some good news for you, and that is you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. A 100% chance. Couples with the strongest marriages, they aren't the ones that never had a reason to give up. They're the ones who just refuse to give up. God is still in the business of raising dead things and bringing them back to life. You're not just gonna stay married forever. You're gonna stay married happily ever after. And that's what we believe when we say that your family has a bright future. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series Exposing the Enemy.
Join Jimmy and Karen Evans on February 9th and 10th for the XO 2018 Marriage Conference. Live at Gateway Church in Southlake, Texas, or via simulcast at one of hundreds of churches worldwide. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our